thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Corner Store. I'm your host, Kevin Koval. This is the bodega version of The Corner Store podcast because we are recording in a really nice loft in Williamsburg, <laughs> Brooklyn. Uh, we have an, a really brilliant guest with us, a poet and, and, and an artist, a designer, a hustler, really. Oh, thank uh, you. You know, I, I really appreciate um, you know what you put out into the world. We have Jasmine Manns in the building. Thank you for inviting me here. I feel so like lucky that like because you're like a like a legend oh, in my world. So I'm like, holy shit, he asked me to be here. So no, I I am so honored and privileged. So I, thank you. I, I appreciate that. But you you are also a legend. No, no. Well, you are this, but we'll we'll get we'll um your your you know and your legend is is continuing to be mm. in the making, uh, of course. Um, but but I, I want to begin just with I guess. Uh, I first and foremost know you as a writer, mm-hmm. and uh, how how did that come about? Where where did writing enter your life? Where I th- I think my earliest memory of writing came when I discovered the greatest hits of Tupac, and I remember wanting to write after seeing that double disc album and memorizing words, and wanting to write rhymes. Then in elementary school, they would let us battle rap. What? And Where did you go to elementary school? I went to a Catholic elementary school in Newark, New Jersey. <laughs> I don't know why they let us do this, but I became the star of the school because I beat everybody in the rap battles. I mean, I believe that. Right. Yeah. And <laughs> so humble. And so I get to high school and I'm very insecure. I'm very new at this high school thing. And I didn't think that I could be the little black girl rapper. And so my my raps transitioned to poems. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were more accepted uh, in debate. Um, and in the classroom, um, teachers really loved the writing. And so because I got so much support back from all of these spaces that welcomed me, I just kind of took to it. Um, What's also something that uh, might be unique about me is that my uncle, my late uncle, William Manns, was Amir Baraka's lawyer. um, And they were part of the black arts movement um, together. And so my uncle and every time Amir Baraka was around, he'd be like, listen to my niece, listen to my niece. Um, And so... That also became something. I didn't know who this old guy was when I was a little kid, and my uncle was bringing me around and asking me to do poetry. But then, as I grow up and as I got older, I realized how significant right those moments were, and even in the little moments of being at the cookout, and they're like, "Be the talented little black girl right now," and and being embarrassed, but also happy that I had something to give me a spotlight. Um, and so I think there were two things. I really loved rap and writing, and I also really loved the positive attention. Um, and so that kind of built this thing in me that wanted to keep going. What, what are your, you mentioned your uncle. What, what do your folks do, or what did they do? Well, my parents, they're, they're artists in their own right. Like, my mother is an incredible designer, but she would never call herself that. Clothing? Um, No, interior. Mm. Um, And people hire her to design uh, venues for weddings, and and our house is beautiful. And we always had 
the house in the ghetto, but the most beautiful house in the ghetto, and the the house that. 80 family members will come back to to be in the middle of the hood because this is the home. And so my mother is good at building home and good at building space. But she works at a hospital and my dad works at a hospital and and they're just two very, very hardworking black people. Um, But my uncle, um, he was that black man in the family who made his career, who bought his house, who published a book, who... um, who knew art in a way that we just didn't get an opportunity or my parents didn't get an opportunity to appreciate. Went to Cornell and was an alpha. And so a, like, really bought a wealth of knowledge back to his family in Newark who didn't go and leave the ghetto. Um, so I took a lot from him and he gave a lot. Um, it's, I mean, let's not downplay the significance of his, of just the black arts movement being around you in that way at what point did you know that he had a role a connection and that this is essentially your your lineage so i was um i was a excellent speech and debater in high school and i was on the bus going to yale and um my coach going to yale we were competing at yes, Yale, okay, right. <laughs> um, and my um, my coach he he brings me up to the front row of the bus, and he's like, "Is Yilly Bay your uncle?" And that was his like poetry name, and I was like, "Yeah," and he was like, "Me, Yilly, and Amir was all in the Black Arts Movement together." And so it Wait, so who's your coach? <laughs> my coach is this man named Halim Suleiman. So this Halim Suleiman who's a poet, beat poet, Amir Baraka poet, and then my uncle who was a poet but became the lawyer. And I was like, Oh my God, God is looking out for me. Like that was the moment that I was like, God wants me here. I'm specifically supposed to be guided. Um, and so, and then when I uh, self-published my first book, it was dedicated to those three men mm-hmm. um, because I did feel like God uh, put me in their hands because my uncle died. Then I met Halim Suleiman. He passed away. Um, and Amir Baraka would have been the last to pass. Um, and I didn't get personal one-on-one uh a training or a relationship with him, but I, I just felt the need to become a student of his work after that. Um, and so when I went to college, I wanted to find and learn everything that I could. And of course, you went to college at uh, UW Madison. Yeah, yeah. Part, part of the first, first wave, wave program. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so th- for those that don't know, uh, for, first of all, I, I kind of want to talk a little more about Newark, New Jersey. Yeah. And. Um, before we get to college, actually, because uh, it has, you know, New, New, New Jersey has a really important uh, poetic history. Um, and so how much of that were you privy to as a young person? Um, yeah, um, I learned a lot. I learned, I think I learned a lot about uh, the history of Newark and high school. I went to a performing arts high school and I had a great coach and, and, and mentors. And so as I tried to dwell as a writer, I wanted to know the history of my city. And then I did learn through the poet mentors that I stumbled upon that, like, 
yes, there's a great history. There's a black arts movement. There was the North riots. There has been so many, so much great leadership in our city or like um, learning about like black women millionaires who lived in Newark and bought mansions and 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 all of these or or like there was this woman who who built an ark like a whole boat in Newark and like there are things that like we don't talk about um but we have such a rich history um that I do take pride in in even things that are like terrible and knowing like about Asada Shakur and that all of that happened on the New Jersey Turnpike mm. and that I'm riding with my mom going to the grocery store and there's still signs that say wanted one million dollars for Joanne Chesmar and that's in Newark mm. and on the Turnpike where like so it's like this this history ugly and beautiful or like the masjids are still downtown and some of them are the ones that are referenced in and uh, I think the Manning Marble book about uh, Malcolm X. And so I'm like, oh, this is what they were talking about. And so I, I take pride in it, especially like being the black girl who hears so many narratives of people like, this is a bad city, this is an unsafe city. And you, I know that my city has sculpted the narrative of, of so much positive change for this country and has been a guinea pig um, for so many different ideas um, and desires for the nation. And there's great hip-hop in Newark. Right. Right? We so, got, yeah, who are some of the folks that you came so, up listening to? Right, or, so it was like even, uh, I think, Lauren Hill's piece, I think it's called like Every City, Every Ghetto. It's one she's, of my favorite songs. And she's yeah. naming like Bergen yeah. Street, Lines Ave, and I'm like, yeah, I grew up around the corner from here. My mom works on Bergen Street, and so it's just like when she, when that song, when I heard it, I was like, yeah, this is like for for me. For um, yeah, right? Yeah. And then you have women like Queen Latifah, Whitney Houston, and I always talk about how Whitney Houston was one of the donors for my dad's uh, homeless shelter that he was managing. And so as a little girl, I would see Whitney Houston like once a year giving bikes and playstations and so that narrative of Whitney Houston being a drug abuser and all of these different things wasn't as prevalent as the narrative of her being this like fairy godmother and coming in and giving all of these kids in a shelter bikes and playstations right. where they weren't going to get anything um, so yeah hip hop, music um, like there are some brilliant artists that like we don't name too much or we don't talk about how Newark or New Jersey contributed to how incredible they are as artists today. Yeah, and we don't we I mean we don't really give New Jersey its props in terms of the foundation of hip hop mm -mm. in the way that we, we should too. I mean yeah. you know, I, I think people know more or less the narrative of where it begins, but because Jersey is so close to New York that so many incredible early pioneers but but people who furthered the aesthetic are you know, born and bred We're still in, in here. Jersey. Yeah, still yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. And 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 it's so interesting because and then a lot of them have moved to Jersey. Right. Like yeah, so, um, yeah. there's a, some brilliant curators and photographers who got who lived in Brooklyn, born and raised in Brooklyn, and moved to New Jersey because 
it was sustainable for whatever reason and navigated the arts in both spaces and that's what we see all the time because it's another borough to many people and so it would be foolish, right, if you if, if you could not to navigate both areas, New Jersey and New York. And so it's like I realized that, like, my mentors back in the day were doing it. Like, we were going over to Brooklyn and da-da-da-da. We were coming over to Newark for blah-blah-blah-blah. And so I think that pathway um, has existed for quite some time. Now, you take all of this. Uh, right. This tradition, this heritage, this lineage, this urban experience in Newark, and then you take your talents to Madison, South Wisconsin. Beach. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, First Wave, for those that don't know, is a um, hip hop arts scholarship program. The really the first yeah. of its kind in in the country. Uh, and and you you spent you spent your college career there. I spent five years in Madison, Wisconsin. So Madison, Wisconsin, for those that don't know, um, <laughs> is not like Newark, New Jersey. Not at all. Right. So how did you uh, how did you maintain? Man, I was so proud because it was free. And so I was ecstatic that I received a free education and my parents wouldn't have to pay for anything and they were proud. And so for a minute, I thrived off of the just the level of pride. Like I got I made it out of my ghetto. Step one. Right. Then it becomes holy shit, I don't belong here. Mm. Like, I remember, like, going to college and being like, I'm going to law school, I'm going to be a lawyer, and failed every uh, political science class horribly, and then being like, am I smart enough to be here? Like, like the average GPA at UW had to be, like, 3.4, 3.6, and I was like, I'm not, I'm not smart enough to be here. Mm. Um, and so I had to adjust um, to to the wealth of education and knowledge and, and, and the brilliant education, right? Because I really feel like I took some amazing classes with amazing professors. Um, and then there was this creative edge that um, was asked of us and that I wanted to ask of myself. And so I remember my mind shifting to like wanting to have the most poems and wanting to have the most creative poems and wanting every opportunity. And so like I remember wanting and taking and, and then like I remember my roommate would ask me every night, do you want to smoke? Do you want to smoke? And I'll be like, no, because it was more fun to win for me. Mm. And so I wanted to write poems and win so I could go to New York and do the Knicks poetry or do the, the, the New Amsterdam theater program or travel to uh, the UK to do an event that there were so many different opportunities offered at the time that I was just like, I want them. I just want to keep doing well and I want to be the best and it was a community that offered that um, and we had like cold ass winters and so it's just like we were in the dorm writing poems and, and that was a world for us yeah and you're doing that in part in community yeah right because first wave at the time I don't know if it's still this way but all of the freshmen had to live on the same floor right so we lived together we and then we also had to choose from some of the same classes so 
we we were always together writing and creating and these uh these are some of the people who I was at Brave New Voices with the year before and uh and there were like brilliant artists who came from Hawaii and who who were from different parts of of the world and we got to know each other and we like and some of us couldn't afford to go home for Thanksgiving because we were going home for Christmas so we we shared in each other's cultures and each other's disciplines and so I think that was something tremendous that that I got from college just being existing and creative cultures and and taking what I wanted from those things so at this time, who are some of the folks that you are being influenced by aesthetically? Like when you, you know, at that, who were you reading or wanting to write like? Who did you imagine yourself to be, uh, you know, or what traditions did you imagine yourself to be participating in? Well, it's really interesting to talk about college because I just emailed one of my old professors and asked her for a syllabus because I wanted to reference some of the teachings that uh, that we studied when I was in her class. Um, I'm, I'm looking at uh, Wade in the Water by Tracy K. Smith and and how she writes slave narratives. Because um, I was trying to wrap my head around that for weeks. And I was like, maybe I'll go back to the autobiography of Frederick Douglass or somewhere to like really get slave narrative language down in a way that isn't cliche but honest and and really thoughtful historically and and I'm like digging into her works and and listening to the voice um I just got this new book by Gwendolyn Brooks um which is like some of her old collected pieces um and likes how like I like how she's not afraid to tell these sad stories mm. and how she can tell them plainly and sometimes we want to be we want to use words that are very unnecessary and we want to do things that um, don't necessarily contribute um, to the text I mean to the to the bigger story and I think that what she's teaching me is simplicity and that it is okay to tell us that story um, yeah Miss Brooks is the goat I mean the goat man yeah, yeah it really there is no iller and it's so many it's so many people um, and then I'm trying to stay inspired by people who are not poets um, and so sometimes what helps me is like things that just talk about confidence or talk about hmm. how to control your own emotions and how to be a loving and thoughtful person um, and so yeah a ton of things inspire me and then there's so much more that I want to read like I have a couple friends who are uh, Toni Morrison fanatics and so a goal is to dive into her work again and just rediscover and be a student of the works um, but yeah Gwendolyn Brooks Tracy K. Smith um, everyone is in love with um, Ocean Wong um, and his new works um, and yeah there's so many but it's like I'll read everybody's book like I will read and highlight in everybody's book and and take words that I'm like I will use that word one day 
or right. I want to explore that concept better, or I'm going to do that differently. Um, there was one poet, uh, uh, is it Fatima? Yeah, uh, Fatima. Yeah, yeah, Fatima, and I, I, I pulled her book. I work at the library too, so oh, like right I'm, now. Yeah, oh, and so like I still books bring them back. No, I, I'm the resident poet. Yeah, and so I get so much access to just take don't, books, yeah, and they don't yeah. question me. And so if I see a book of a poet that like I follow on Instagram, like I'll grab the book. And the for months we were talking about putting a a crossword puzzle in the book and having like mm. little references and I thought that that was my brilliant idea I'm like this next level open her book yeah, and Shorty yeah, yeah, has yeah, it in yeah, her yeah, book yeah, and yeah. it crushed me but I was just like um, and then and then it made me want to fall in love with her more and see not just what she was writing but also how she put things mm. on the page and so I think I'm a bit double minded when it comes to poetry because not only am I looking at what is being said but how like the aesthetic the presentation of that thing how did this artist want me to digest this mm. and so um I, I I like I like pulling from everybody's stuff. And I, I want to talk about what you're working on now, but uh, I want to go back to college for a minute because yeah. I feel like, and, and I might be misremembering, but I think this is right. You at that time when you were in college were one of the first poets I remember to go viral off of a video. That's crazy, right? Is That's that right? so funny. Right, and this was sort a, of yeah, yeah. This was a video. This was a poem. A, was this about Wayne? No, it's about Nicki Minaj. Nicki Minaj. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that. That, but that's correct, right? I mean, yeah. You, yeah. So that must have been pretty wild, like because that video got distributed and seen. So it's, it's so wild because I'll tell you the backstory. The year before that poem was the highest ranked poem at Cupsy, and and so all of the poetry Which is the world, poetry slam. Yeah, yeah, all yeah. of the poetry world was well aware that this poem came out, that this poem was in the world, but we weren't putting poems on YouTube in 2000 and what, 10? We, it just wasn't weren't the wave. Yeah. And so, I don't know if you're aware, you know Camilla Forbes, probably. Mm-hmm. Camilla is like, From I'm the help- poetry days. Like, right, I... I'm working on the Monique show for BET. She wants to put poets on her show. Can you please put two poems on YouTube so they can review them so that we can potentially pick you for the show? Camilla Forbes is my mentor. I'm interning for her every summer after I come home from Madison. Yeah. Yeah, She's dope. She's she's like, she taught me the game, Loki. Chicagoan, you know that though. Hmm? Chicagoan. She's funny. Oh, yeah, Yeah, right. yeah, Yeah. Um, and so uh, I put the poems on YouTube Poem about Michelle Obama Poem about Nicki Minaj And it was for the producers Of this Monique show And it wasn't to be seen By anybody honestly mm. um, And then Getting calls And then watching the number go from 10,000 To 20,000 to 30,000 um, And then I um get a call from Rafael Casal who we know as Rafa and he's like hey meet me in the library meet Rafa in the library 
and he pulls up jasminemans.com and he built my whole website. He's like, this poem is going to change your life. You need to be ready for it to change your life. Here's your website. I want you to accept these bookings. If you need any support, come follow up with me, blah, blah, blah. Then we have class and I'm in Rafael Casal's class and he sits me in the middle of the class and he's like, ask her questions about it. Question it. And look, my, my classmates, my cohort of, of poets just ripped me apart of like, well, why did you say this line? And what does this line mean? And what does this line mean? They're trying to prepare me for the narrative and the conversations that I would have with people who just wanted to kind of trigger me and troll me because of the writing. Um, and so he was the first person that was like, let's get you tight. Wow. Um, and really like... What a, what a service. <laughs> I imagine that... Yeah, yeah man. Because I... I didn't expect it. I didn't know what it meant to have a viral piece. Um, and well, no, no one did really at no, the time, right? No, I mean, it's yeah, kind of prior to that, moment. right? And um, so, and what happened? How did how did your life? Change? I mean, because your life did indeed change after that. Yes, yeah, sort of. Okay. Um, it was. It became. I, I did the Monique show, but they were like, "You're not going to do that poem." So I did my dedication to Michelle Obama. Um, I remember Monique hugging me and said, I heard that poem, girl. And I felt so validated. Because um, what was it about the, the, the Nicki poem? The Nicki Minaj poem was basically about uh, arguing that, like, you over-sexual... Nicki, by Nicki Minaj over-sexualizing herself, it creates and it, a damning narrative for black girls. And that you are not a mentor. And that... And that why are you not using such brilliance for other blah 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 which which now does not seem so controversial right but at the time you caught a lot of flack for that notion right right and um i just think maybe because it was unexpected in a sense of like why are you questioning her at a time where a black woman is becoming a successful this was in her kind of prime superstar right like right around the monster verse maybe pink hair yes yeah Yeah. this is like barbies came at you exactly this is barbie world so why would you do this at this moment when she's a star um and and but it received also really positive attention where it's just like people wanted to have conversations about the over-sexualized black girl and um and how does the black girl need to use sex in order to get success in the industry um and so that conversation is very very different now for black girls in the industry but at that moment it was questions that were in a way necessary or just, and remain necessary, I would yeah. say too. I mean, you know, because and I mean, for spaces that that we come from, in a sense of like we're always critically thinking about art, right? That's not the truth for everybody in the world, for most yeah. of the world. Yeah. So it's just like for them, it's like, why are you dissing? Why are you talking shit? And it becomes like I I sent Nicki Minaj hate mail, right. and I'm like, hi, I'm writing a poem, and it was a it was a critical poem. This is my art, guys. I do this. This is my art, 
And no, I don't think the outside world got that part that this is an artist who makes art <laughs> and she critically wrote about another artist. Yeah. Um, and a genre and the, the country and a history and all these other things. The too. world just yeah. sees this like negative and positive. Yeah. So, of course, you know, you have uh, gone on to do many other things and write many other poems. Um, I do want to talk about what you have going on now. You, you mentioned your poet in residence at the library. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But what are what are some of the things that, that you're working on right now? I just uh, got a publisher, and I remember calling hey, you. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Congratulations. Was, thank you. I was yeah. calling you, and I was like, yo, is, is this deal all right with my management and all of these different right. things? I Cause, do remember that. Yeah, it's yeah. always a struggle as an artist, as an independent artist. I hope that was helpful, that conversation. It was incredibly helpful okay. because I don't have a manager right now. Okay. Um, but... Uh, I signed with uh, Berkeley Penguin Random House. Um, The book went to auction, which was such a crazy experience for me to even see before my eyes. Um, And what was even more special about my process is that my agent set in front of me packages. And they were like, this is how we package up books so that we can pitch them to our our publisher contacts. Bring us your package. Mm. And I, I like, not only was I thinking about the words, but also the design aesthetic. And like, how do, well, how of course should this, you would, yeah, how does, should this yes. feel? And like, you yes. do cool shit too. So I, you think about this stuff too. But I was like, how should this feel? And, and so I'm like building this package and I want it to be just next level. And they were just like, how'd you do this and how much did this cost because this package is crazy and I was just like I just made it myself on this website and and because like I like and literally I didn't know how much this book would be worth I didn't know who would take it I didn't know if like if it would go anywhere or how long but like it felt so good to build something yeah. and and to build to package myself and then to package my work and then for someone to say like not only is this work beautiful but your delivery is beautiful um so That's I, significant it, so so this is a book that was so the book was written and you or it's, yeah, it's the so idea we 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 gave them about 6 at least what I thought because I thought that I was going to write maybe a 100 page book and so we delivered to them about maybe 50 or 60 pages of text and then they were like but we want a 200 page book of poems <laughs> yeah wow so this is going to be a little bit different and 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 I'm and I, and it had it put me in a whole different kind of space so I'm like all right now I have to Write a hundred more poems, okay? Dang, right. And so, um, it's a only, big book of poems. Yeah, I got twenty-two poems left to write. Okay. Um, so I'm doing good. I feel strong. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, you, you're in the gym. <laughs> it feel literally no, it feels is. like yeah, it. Absolutely. But but it's like I want more of it, and I'm hungry, and I want to be more creative with it. And um, and is there a, is there a pub date? Not a date, but it is spring 2021. Okay. Okay, great. So I have so much time to just yeah. be a thinker. That's exciting. Yeah. Well, congratulations on that. Thank you. Now, in the meantime, the thing that I've seen 
via IG mm-hmm. that I've really loved is your design work. Yeah. Um, you because you make clothes mm-hmm. and uh, coffee mugs and put um, yeah. you know your language in a different way. You represent it graphically mm-hmm. in in really like interesting, beautiful spaces. Uh, does that, that comes from seeing your mom make space pretty or, or how, how did you get into the realm of the visual space and, and, and the textual space? I was looking at uh, an article probably on ASCAP.com and it was just like if you go on tour you sell merch it was as simple as that and so it was like alright let's figure out merch and so believe it or not the coffee mugs were just so cheap and though delivered an aesthetic of like this is quality because it's glass and so it gave us that balance of like this is a one dollar product yet the glass and the fact that my quote is on it is going to make you buy it for twenty five dollars and so the return was just unlike anything else and then I realized oh I can sell these coffee mugs with the ticket sales to the shows right. um, and so I was realizing that I was making a lot more money um, and then it was became really passive in a sense that everything was just begin to sell online, and so it wasn't just uh, a offset of I can make more money while on tour. It was now I can run an online store in spite of what I'm doing, right? And then it became people wanting the products in spite of who I was, um, and so it would. It would be stores who are like, we can sell it. And so we got our first store in New York like two years ago. And they were like, we want coffee mugs and shirts and we'll do it and blah, blah, blah. And every week I would see this, like, I would go on this website and check the sales and like didn't have to do the work. And so then I started just focusing and thinking about how brilliant it is to have passive income and thinking like an entrepreneur like yes that that is what we want we want to be able to make money in our sleep and do as little work as possible with the highest quality of art that we can deliver and so but not little because you stay working it's exactly. just, it's really about like just the multiple hustles the Egg, multiple streams yeah. of income and you know for for you is you know the the different audiences and the different ways that you can get out the messages that you are putting out into the world right right? because it's i mean it's not just beautiful items i mean even there's there's content and meaning in the graphic textual stuff that you put into the world and i i i didn't consider myself a designer honestly until maybe this year because i'm just like i'm a poet i'm just putting poems on but but you sell enough t-shirts it would yeah and then we did I started this thing, Buy Weed from Women, because, and it's interesting because poetry and marketing, because we know how things should sound. We know how people digest things. And so it's like, I literally know what to put on the shirt and why other people's shirts suck. Um, And so I put it, Buy Weed from Women, and then I realized that they didn't need a Jasmine Manzor to know who I was to participate in buying it. They felt like it was their narrative. Mm-hmm. And so it was like I was watching T-shirts literally pay rent. Um, and I was like, this this works. And and we can build a culture. And, and I have a passion for it that is not connected to poetry. Um, and so, yeah, I like it. And it's crazy because... 
I've strategized, and I don't know how well this is going to work, but strategize like taking a percentage of what I will get from my book advance and putting it into my my buy weed from women company and and building out a million dollar company. Oh, that's smart. I, yeah, I that's hope, what man. you should be doing. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm yeah, going to yeah, do it. Yeah. I'm going to do it. Yeah. Because the advantage, I mean, you're already doing the work, so you mm-hmm. don't need to pay yourself to do the work. Right. You know, you're already exactly. doing it. You know? Exactly. And so, yeah, to invest in yourself is really the key. Yeah. Um, where can people be in tune with all of this, all of what you're doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm on Instagram. Everything is Jasmine Mans or Poet Jasmine Mans. Um, my website always has all of the new merchandise and, and tour dates and stuff like that. Um, BuyWeedFromWomen.com is going to have, like, all of these awesome clothes, but also... We're going to give a percentage of the funds to um, different women organizations. Um, we're looking to give funds to an organization in New York that uh, bells out women. Um, we're thinking of giving money to uh, organizations like Planned Parenthood. But in Buy Weed from Women, I've decided that the mission is also to support women. Um, and so that is going to be a leading part of this narrative. And, um, yeah, well, going to keep going. It, no, you, yeah, please, please. I mean, I know you will, and it's it's really exciting to watch. And uh, I'm so glad that you were able to come into the corner store today. Thank Man, you. I'm so glad to be here. I feel so grateful. And you're you're an idol. You're a legend. So oh, yeah. I, I'm very humbled to have had this experience with you. No, I appreciate you. Yeah, thank you. And this is our first time vibing. I know. Yeah, so it's a good way to kick it off. Thank you. We're about to go get some sushi and continue. Yeah. So, yeah, thank you. Appreciate you. Shout out our super producer, DJ Cashera. Big up boss man, Todd Manley. Thank you to our official corner store photog, Mercedes Zapata. Salutes to the snack door, Max. Also, please, y'all, follow our Instagram. It's corner underscore pod on IG, on Twitter. Tell us who you want to see in the corner store. And also, please consider dropping a couple of dollars into our Patreon account. It's patreon.com, cornerstore underscore pod. The corner store is brought to you by Stolen Spirits.